You know, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. Yeah, he is, he is a good God and he's faithful. A couple of weeks ago, uh, as I was thinking about today and thinking about uh, the things that are celebratory worthy, the things that, uh, that we would put our eyes on and, and that we would rejoice in. And, and I'm going to be a little honest with you. I had a little bit of a hard time doing that. Uh, in terms, it's not that God is not doing amazing things. It's, it's just that if we're not careful, we will limit the amazing things that God is doing to only tangible things that we can measure. Like how many people got saved, how many people got baptized, and uh, you know how many people are in small groups. And I, I wanted to take a different approach because there are so many wonderful and amazing things that God is up to. In our lives, individually, and also as a people corporately. So, I'd like to exhort you here just for a couple of minutes and and, uh, invite you into the journey of the Lord in my heart. And if we could put on the screen Psalm 77. There's there's a lot of amazing psalms that we could look at uh, in, in, in terms of the discipline of celebration. The discipline of reflection. But I'm going to focus on Psalm 77 today. And we'll just put our eyes on this together, and then we'll get ready to celebrate here in a few minutes. Psalm 77. Beautiful. All right, so it says here, uh, I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. I want you to pay attention to the tone. I want you to pay attention to the feeling, the emotion that's going on here. Verse 2. When I was in distress... I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands, and I would not be comforted. So clearly, the psalmist is going through a dark night of the soul. Uh, Probably a season and a stage of life that a lot of us can identify with. And, And let me also just say here, this is a part of the reality of life and the Christian life. Faith in Jesus does not mean that we get to escape moments and seasons like this. We we have to learn, we have to mature to a place where we can hold on to the hope of victory and we can hold on to the hope of joy and life while walking through seasons and situations that are very much like this. Not denying, not ignoring, not downplaying, not avoiding but actually living as faithful followers of Jesus in the moments like this and holding on to the hope of what God has promised. Verse three, I remembered you, God, and I groaned. I meditated and my spirit grew faint. You gotta really just identify, enter into solidarity with, with, with the feeling of what the psalmist is writing here. Let's keep going. Verse four, and you kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. My heart meditated and my spirit asked, will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for?" All time. Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? And so, so he's actually beginning to, to question. 
How many of you have ever been a season and stage of life where you questioned matters of your faith? I think if we're not careful in, in, our, in our attempt to become uh, people that are so deeply identified by faith, I think what we do is, is we're embarrassed when life brings these kind of opportunities our way. We're, we're embarrassed. We're ashamed. And, and we don't want to share the reality of walking through confusion. We don't want to share the reality of how pain by nature and grief and loss cause us to re-examine those things that we held true at one point during our journey. Now, I personally believe those are opportunities for our faith to become stronger. So if we ignore these opportunities, we're ignoring an opportunity for our faith in God and more importantly for our understanding of who God is. For the true revelation of who God is. I think that there are parts of God that are yet undiscovered when we ignore opportunities of grief and pain and sorrow like this. Let's go to verse 11. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Now, now here, here's a linchpin for all of us. In all the Psalms, you'll, you'll see this pattern where some of the Psalms will start off very celebratory and then they'll go into a place of sorrow and pain and, and reflection and confusion and disorientation. And in most of those psalms, you'll see that there is a corner that is turned. And we're turning the corner right here. It says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Everybody say, remember with me. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. And I like this because he's actually hitting two things. He's hitting the deeds of the Lord that are very specific in my life. If I were to sit down and we were to go out to coffee or I were to pull you up here on the stage and say, hey, share with us the deeds of the Lord in your life. Chances are you would reflect on the past few weeks or the past few months, or maybe even some of us would reflect on the past year. And that is good. And that is a discipline of celebration that shapes us and forms us. It keeps our heart oriented on the character and the nature of God revealed in the activity of God. But here's something else. He says, I will also remember your deeds from long ago. How many of you, don't, don't raise your hands, how many of you actually take times and you meditate on the creation accounts? I mean, just deeply, deeply, deeply meditate. When you're going through uh, all hell is breaking loose in your life and all, and all creative activity of God seems to cease, you know what's powerful is to just go through the Genesis account and just reflect and deeply meditate on this. There was nothing here. The, the earth was darkless. It was dark and formless. Darkless. It became darkless. The earth was formless and dark And it was completely turbulent. And then all of a sudden, by the word of his mouth, things began to come into being. That's this right here. I will remember your miracles of long ago. Over a million people coming out of slavery. The waters opening up and walking on dry land. Now... Again, if we're not careful, we'll just, we'll just say those were, those were cute stories. Guys, that is not a cute story. That is a demonstration of the delivering God. That is a demonstration of the power of God. And that entire narrative begins by God coming down and saying, I heard the cries of my people. So it is a reflection. It's actually the culmination of the compassion of God. And so this, is, this right here is powerful. It is powerful to reflect not only on what he has done 
in, in the short term of our lives, but actually to reflect, reflect on the miracles of Jesus, like deeply engage with the miracles of Jesus. Next verse here. Verse 12, I will consider all of your works and meditate on all of your mighty deeds. The rest of the psalm goes on and says some, some beautiful things. And here's the thing that I think is great. Let's just, let's just look at the next verse here. <laughs> he says, your ways, God, are holy. Now, now, watch the jump. He just makes this connection between the activity of God into the character of God. So what happens is when we reflect on the activity of God, when we think deeply, when we engage and participate in the celebration, the discipline of celebration, we move from the activity of God and we get into the character and the heart and the nature of who our God is. We don't want to just focus on the activity so that we, we posture ourselves for God to keep doing things for us. We want the activity to lead us into greater intimacy and communion with who God is. All right, just very quickly, I'm going to package this for you in hopefully a way that you guys remember. Five R's. All right, number one, remember. How do we participate in the discipline of celebration? We Remember, and this is a discipline. Inherent within the word discipline means that it will not always be easy. When you are going through difficult moments, people are abandoning you. People are talking about you. People are betraying you. You're swimming in the sea of painful and toxic emotion. What do you do? You participate in the discipline of remembering the activity of God. Number two, you return what, what does return mean? It means actually returning to key altars that you have built in your lives. Returning to the moments and the experiences and the places where God met you. It's one of the reasons why in the Old Testament when something powerful, when there was a powerful demonstration of God's activity, they would take a memorial stone. They would build a literal physical altar. And what I'm saying here is create some way of returning to the faithfulness of God in your lives. Maybe it's a journal. Maybe it's developing the discipline of writing things down and then returning. Maybe it's, maybe it's finding one key thing that God has done and actually returning in your memory, in your emotions, identifying again with that feeling of the dark night of the soul and then remembering that feeling of God delivering you from that that is returning to that actual experience in your life. Number three is reflect. Reflect. And, and here's the important thing. Begin to ask questions that help you make the jump from the activity of God into the character of God. God, what were you doing at this season of my life? God, what part of your heart, what part of your ways were you revealing? What part of who you are have I not yet discovered from what you did even years ago in my life? There are things that God has done years ago that you and I have not even yet begun to extract. We have not yet even begun to extract who God is out of his faithfulness in certain seasons and in certain experiences of our life, and that happens through reflection, thinking deeply about the activity of God in such a way that it leads us into the heart of God. Number four, and again, remember, this is a discipline. Rejoice. Rejoice. You guys remember when Sidron preached on Philippians chapter four? 
Rejoice in the Lord when? Always. Always. Now let me liberate you here for a second. When you rejoice in the midst of very, very difficult seasons, it does not mean that you are being fake. It does not mean that you are being inauthentic. It means that you are participating in the discipline of celebration that is made possible to us through the death and the resurrection of Jesus. The discipline of rejoicing is made possible. He's not saying rejoice in your circumstance. He's not, no, no, nowhere in the scriptures is it saying for us to take this, this, this weird, awful sense of pleasure and pain. What he's saying is, is in Christ... In the reality of the risen Lord, in the reality of what we have waiting for us in our future, in the reality of the gospel, which is God has come near, Jesus has won, and new life has begun by the activity of the Spirit. Now, I can rejoice in those things. I can rejoice in a God who will never leave me nor forsake me. I can rejoice that, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I can rejoice that he who began a good work in me will bring it to completion because he said that he would. I can rejoice that he is making all things new. I can rejoice that I am a new creature in Christ Jesus and old things have passed away and behold, all things are becoming new. I can rejoice that Christ has resurrected from the dead and the same spirit that has raised Christ from the dead dwells in my mortal body. I can rejoice. And sometimes I'm telling you guys, I have fought my way through some very dark pits by doing what I just did right there. That don't come just because the unction hit me. That came by pulling out scriptures and pacing at midnight in the middle of the night and saying those things until they got into my bones. So that when I felt that toxic feeling of emotion trying to pull me down and chain me into a reality that is not my destiny, I will speak to that thing until something breaks off of me and I begin to move forward in the promise of God. That is what it means to rejoice. And there's an anointing that is released that begins to break and shake and chain things and change things in your life when you participate with that. We can rejoice. We can rejoice. One of the reasons why we get together as a people is not only to rehearse the story of God, and it's not only to reflect on the character of God, it is to rejoice. That's why we clap our hands. That's why we dance. That's why we shout. That's why we sing. Because we're entering into a liturgy of celebration. We're entering into a spiritual expression that forms us. And it forms us so that our first reaction, when difficult things happen, it is not the reaction of despair or withdrawal. It is not the reaction of depression or negativity. It is the reaction of saying, there is something in God that I can rejoice in. Number five, report. Report. It is, it is important to give testimony. In Psalm 66, just write this down, and I encourage you to read Psalm 66. I wish we had time to go there today, but in Psalm 66, the psalmist says, Come and see what the Lord has done in my life. Come and see. 
what the Lord has done in my life. You know, as I was walking through inventory of this past year and, and thinking about Antioch and thinking about our fourth year, and again, having, having a little bit of a hard time, I had my journal out in front of me, I had my pen, and, and guys, I just hit writer's block. I just sat there and I, just, I literally stared, probably 30 minutes solid, and then something broke loose. And I'll tell you what broke loose. I began to think about you. I began to think about, and, and for, I'm, just, I'm not going to put anybody on the spot here, but I'm, I'm not going to use any, anyone's names, but many of you know, will know. I, I began thinking about certain people that launched out and started their own businesses this year and, and last year. And the immaculate faith journey and how God not only held these people, but is launching them and strengthening them in these ventures. I began thinking about spouses who walked with their spouses through very, 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 very difficult and dark moments. And, uh, and, and some even, even experienced tremendous loss. And those spouses, I had the incredible privilege of marrying uh, one of those spouses this year. Guys, I rejoice in that. I began thinking about families who lost children who conceived again this year. And I rejoiced. I began thinking about families that for 10 years carried deep in their, in their soul the promise that they were going to adopt. And this year, we had a family go to Peru and, and, and see all of the prophetic words for 10 solid years line up and come to fruition this year. I, I, I saw families sell homes to get into new homes this year. Uh, people that were wrestling with sicknesses healed this year. And, he, and families that, that for years struggled, wrestled financially and are beginning to experience breakthrough in their finances. Uh, guys, listen, here's, 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 what, here's what pulled me into a place of rejoicing. It was the faithfulness of God in your life. And so when I can't see the faithfulness and the goodness of God in my life, here's the power of belonging to a family. Here's the power of becoming the church. Here's the power. Here's the power of walking steadfastly in and with and amongst a people. I get to draw strength from the faithfulness of God in your life. I I get to see who God is not just by what he's done in me. I get to say, look at what he has done in the Rices, in the Swanks, in the Carbajals, in the Kinnearums. Look at what God has done in the Swindles and the Andersons. Look at what God has done in the wards. And I, I was just reminded, Jeff had a daughter who was wrestling with something that all of us got together and prayed with. And, and she got healed of cancer in her brain. Come on. We rejoice. There is much to rejoice in, in God. And here's what I want to share with you. Two, two things. Number one, friends, don't hide your testimony. Don't hide your testimony. I'm, I'm, asking, I'm asking this of you, that when you get together with your friends, and instead of just, you know, just allowing the tenor and the culture of your relationships to be dumbed down to this superficial level. I, I'm going to ask that we become a conscious people 
That when we get together, we become so intentional that before we meet with that friend for coffee or lunch or dinner, that we actually take inventory and say, Lord, show me something good to rejoice in because I got to share it with a friend of mine. And, and, and who knows? Who knows how you'll breathe on this to strengthen something inside of their faith? It's, listen, listen, it is not bragging. And if it is, it is bragging in the goodness of God. And here's the good news. The God that you serve is the God that they serve. So it's not that God loves you more than he loves them. You're bragging and you're rejoicing and you're boasting in who God is to pull them into the reality of who their God is. So be liberated in that. But here's also what we need to do. Listen, when you're going through a season of your life and you can't see the goodness of God in your life, here's what God wants, here's what God's going to tenderize inside of us. That you not resist and oppose and take offense and, and, and allow competition and jealousy to well up inside of you. What God wants to build inside of this covenant community is the ability to say, I rejoice with you. I'm going through, I'm going through hell right now, but I rejoice with you. I can't see the hand of God in my life, but I rejoice with you. I know that my time is coming, but for the time being, I'm going to rejoice with you. And listen, if you show yourself faithful to rejoice with others, then you will have a host of people that rejoice with you when it's your time. When it's your time. And that's something that God's building and he's strengthening inside of us. Amen? Amen? Awesome. Woo! Man, praise God for conversations, but I'm ready to preach again. Hey, listen, we're going to come to the table in the spirit of celebration. And you know what the table is? The table is a discipline of remembrance. The table is a discipline of returning. We return to that place, that space, that time, that moment. The, dis the, the table is a discipline of reflection. We reflect on the covenant character of our God. We reflect on his faithfulness, his goodness, his love everlasting. The table is a time of rejoicing. We rejoice that the table of the king is open not only to the theologically astute. It's, it's, it's open not only to, 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 the, to the religiously grounded. It's, it's open not only to the rich or to the white or to the republican. It's open not only to those who have their stuff together. The table is open to all of us. Christ bids us come to his table and we rejoice that at this table there are no orphans, there are no strangers, there are no slaves. At this table there are only sons and daughters that are deeply loved. And at this table... Not only do we remember, not only do we return, not only do we reflect and rejoice, but we report God 
we announce to the world we announce to the spiritual principalities and the powers and the rulers of darkness in the heavenly places our God has defeated you our God has defeated the enemy our God has defeated the grave our God has resurrected from the dead no sickness no sin no shame no chain can hold our God and we proclaim the power of the resurrection and the second coming of our king. Let's stand to our feet. Y'all thought this was just some lame tradition that we trying to go backwards with. Not here. Father, today we thank you for your faithfulness. God, we thank you for the faithfulness of your rescue, for the faithfulness of your redemption. Oh, guys, I think that just, just for a minute, you need to just out of your mouth, you need to report. You need to report. You need to just begin thanking God. Father, thank you. Thank you that you sent your son, Jesus. Thank you that you have stripped the enemy of all of his authority. We thank you that you are working in our lives. We thank you. Thank you for the ministry of your spirit that is moving upon every single one of us today. Thank you for this family. Thank you for how I have seen the faithfulness and the goodness of God and all of my friends that I draw strength and life from that by belonging into this church and this community. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God. And as we come to this table, let us come in the spirit of reflection and celebration. Come, let's receive the elements.